Hey there, birth nerd. You're listening to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie Banks, and I am totally obsessed with birth and equally obsessed with business. And this is the show where I help women turn their passion for birth into a sustainable, profitable, and most importantly, impactful career. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to the Birth Worker Podcast. You're listening to episode 56. It is Friday, which means I'm answering your biggest questions in 15 minutes or less. But before we get into the questions, I just have to share a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes here at birthworker.com and the Birthworker headquarters. We are rearranging our team behind the scenes, and it has been a crazy project that involves a ton of work from everybody on the team, but I just have to say that we are growing like the biggest and best team, uh, I feel like, in the world, and maybe that's you know a little bit naive to say, but I'm just so proud of the team that I've created. And someone on that team is Cassidy. She is phenomenal. And she has come on as my podcast assistant to essentially help me create better content for you guys faster and with less stress to me so I can keep putting out a ton of amazing content for you guys. So just know that when you look at my business and my podcast or my Instagram, that it is not me doing all of this by myself. Please never feel like you have to create content or perform at this like level that you think other people are performing at, please know that there are like six, seven, eight people that work part-time on my team to help me create all of this content. And so of course I'm in the business of transparency. And so just in case you uh, wanted to start your own podcast one day or want to grow your social media and you find yourself comparing yourself to Other people, no matter who it is, please just know you probably are not getting the full picture. And I definitely have my team to thank when it comes to putting out amazing content and just growing this business to a level that I honestly didn't even think was possible. So shout out to my amazing team. Let's jump into the three questions this week. We are going to be talking about creating content without feeling like you're stealing from people. We're going to be talking about doing a pre-sale for courses. And then we're going to be talking about creating, helping create mindset shifts for our clients. And so these are some questions that are, some are really business focused, but some are actually really like client and mindset focused. So this is a good one. So get excited. Okay, number one is how do I share content without feeling like I'm just stealing other doulas content? Ashley says, I love being original and putting my own spin on things, but it feels like everything has been done already. And I mean, Ashley's not wrong, right? Like if you come up with a really good idea on like how to avoid induction, I guarantee a hundred other doulas have come up with a post on how to avoid induction. And if you have the five steps to avoiding induction, I'm pretty sure if I were to put five steps together too, and maybe at least three or four, maybe all five are going to be the same as what someone like Ashley would come up with. And it's going to be pretty much the same for all of us, right? There are only so many ways that you can avoid an induction, And so the real question is here is how do I share content without feeling like I'm just stealing another doulas content? And the biggest, biggest tip that I have is don't look at other people's content when you're creating your content ideas. Not at all. If you're trying to find ideas for new content, do not go to Instagram and scroll and then find your ideas from there. 
not at all. <laughs> and to be honest, like don't even go to a doula's blog or something like that. And I think it's really, really important because I literally the other day uh, looked at my Instagram DMs and someone had sent me a post that someone else had made, a, a doula from Australia had made, and it was literally word for word stolen from my content, like multiple sentences in a row, word for word in my voice, commas and everything stolen from my content. And when I reached out to this person, she said, you know, I didn't mean to, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm just thinking to myself, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say, you know, if someone means to steal your content and sometimes people don't mean to, right? But what probably happens, happened or happens is that someone has someone's content pulled up on their computer and they have another Google doc open on their computer and they are taking the ideas. And sometimes you forget to change some words and, and that is not good. That is not a good look like at all. I never, ever want that to happen to any of you. Like that is my worst nightmare for, for any of you. So what I suggest that my students do inside my programs is I have them create, or like I give them an air table base where they can essentially upload their ideas for content. So inside this Airtable base, it has like the topic idea, maybe like a quote idea, and then a place for like notes. And I tell them to save that to their home screen. So just like throughout the month, if they ever get an idea for a piece of content, they go into their phone and they put it down. And the thing here is that what I want is that when you're sitting down to create Instagram content, you have a bank of at least 20, 30, 50, 100 ideas that you can pull from. You don't, so you don't have to go to Instagram and look at other people's content to create ideas. Um, that is the number one way that you are going to protect yourself from essentially stealing content or stealing another doula's, you know, content ideas. And so I, I, I tell my students to do this as they're going through my programs because Let's say you signed up for Birthworker Academy, which several of you have. So thank you and shout out to you if you are inside Birthworker Academy, which is my doula training program. But essentially what I say is, hey, while you're going through this program, inside every single video, inside every single mentorship call, you are going to have an aha moment. And you are going to have a moment where you say, I never thought about it that way. Or holy shit, I have to share this with someone. Or like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't know that before. And anytime you have a moment like that, no matter which video you're watching, if you're in a mentorship call with us, whatever, even if you're listening to this podcast, go write it down and write it down in that moment. Don't wait until you sit down three weeks from now to try and go back and remember all of the content ideas that you've had. And so I tell my students to do this. So as they go through Birthworker Academy and maybe they're watching videos on pelvic dynamics, or maybe they're watching a video on like how to set up your birth space if you're having a water birth, <laughs> like it could be so random, but essentially they're keeping track of all of these ideas. Then when it comes to the first Monday of every month, when they're batching content, they can just pull up this Airtable base and have 20, 30, 50, 100 content ideas. So they do not have to start from scratch. So yes, Ashley, you're true that like everything has already been done. Everything has already been said in some way. It is, it is nearly true, like a hundred percent of the time, nearly. Um, but there's still things that you can do in your life to make sure that you're not, uh, copying or stealing other doulas content. And thank you for that question because not enough people are asking that question. 
And man, it feels really bad when someone steals my content. <laughs> and I know it feels really bad for you if someone steals your content. So um, kudos to you for, for caring. All right. Question number two is from Denise. She says, I've heard you mention on the podcast the importance of doing a pre-sale for an online course and then not recording anything until people sign up because maybe no one signs up that first time, which is so true. But she says, but what if only like one or two people sign up? If only one or two people sign up, would you cancel and give them their money back? Or should you just go ahead with those two students? The main thing here is actually that there's just no resentment. And so to be honest, if it were me, I would celebrate the heck out of those two sales, those two signups, and I would run the course or program anyway, because I would want the feedback. I would want the testimonials. And honestly, I would just want to get it out there. I really would. Um, so I would run it anyway, but that doesn't mean that you should. And so if you've put together a program that has daily live calls for four weeks and you're doing 20 calls over four weeks and two people signed up and they each paid $50, you'd only be making $100 doing 20 calls, right? And so you'd have to ask yourself, is there a time where it would make sense to cancel? And if let's keep playing this idea, if that's the case where you have 20 hours of time and, and you're only going to be making $100, it might actually be best to say, you know what, I'm going to give them their money back and I'm going to spend that 20 hours instead making my marketing better, making my messaging better, figuring out what their pain points are and their dreams are so I can make a better sales page, make a better webinar, whatever that looks like. Um, and so that you know, is a really good question, but the answer that I can give you is that it just has to make sense for you. Um, and then something else that I want to be clear about is that a pre-sale is essentially validating the course. And so the pre-sale is not the only sale there's going to be. So you would do a pre-sale. You would essentially hopefully get at least a couple sales to say, okay, this course is validated. And then that's not it, right? That's not like the course doesn't start next week. No, the course starts six weeks from now. And so we're actually going to do a full on big promotion right before the course actually starts. And so what the pre-sale is doing is not only is it validating your idea, it's also giving you a little bit of a cash injection. So like for instance, let's say for Birth Worker Academy, I did a pre-sale in February, knowing that the Academy didn't start till June. This was last year when there were like cohorts. Now there's no cohorts. Cohorts. Now we do application base. You can apply whenever. And then if you're accepted, you can join whenever, which I love a lot more. And maybe we'll do another podcast about that. But essentially I, I pre-sold it in February to get an idea if people were actually interested, but also then I had some money to then go hire other teachers to come in and teach. So I hired my amazing um, assistant, Allie. Allie's amazing. She's not my assistant anymore. She works with directly with our students and our clients inside our programs. She's like our client success coordinator. I hired at least 20 educators to come in and teach and do pre-recorded videos for our program. And then I also hired mentors to teach live. So that very first cohort, we had um, mentors come and, and teach live for the students. So I hired them too. And so it was mandatory that I did that pre-sale to have that money to hire all those people, right? And so that was a really big scale. Like that was a really, really huge program and a really huge launch. So it's a little bit different for someone like you, Denise, maybe when you're 
you're doing your very first online course and your very first pre-sale, but just know the pre-sale happens, you know, six to 10 weeks before the course actually starts. We're just looking to validate. And then we're going to do a full on launch with tons of emails, maybe a webinar, um, maybe like live zoom calls or Instagram lives and things like that. So the pre-sale is just validating. If you've got one or two people to sign up for the pre-sale, I say it's 100% validated and keep going for sure. All right, let me stop that tangent and let's get into question number three. This question is from Sarah and Sarah says, I am a sleep specialist and I hate that all my clients feel so pressured to have their babies sleep through the night. How do we help with that mindset shift and create less stress around infant sleep for moms? I love this question, Sarah, because I noticed the same thing with birth and I noticed like, why are all of these moms not knowing that they have a choice? Why do all of these moms not even think that they can say no? Why are all of these moms just doing whatever their doctor says and like not even giving it a second thought? And so it's that same like mindset shift of just like, wait a second, like what about mom's intuition? What about doing what mom wants? What about like supporting um, physiological birth or physiological baby sleep, right? And so I built my entire brand around that, around mindset, and more specifically, like mindset and autonomy for me. And so you, Sarah, have this point where you could really create your brand around mindset and physiological baby sleep, like what babies really need. And then also autonomy for you too. So the autonomy to, to, um, get back that autonomy and develop that autonomy. So we don't feel pressured when someone does something in a different way. So we don't feel pressured when our pediatrician says your baby's 12 weeks, they should sleep through the night. So we don't, so our clients don't feel pressured when their doctor says you're 39 weeks pregnant, let's schedule your induction. Right. And so mindset and autonomy to me very clearly became what I needed the foundation of my business to be and the foundation of the work that I do to be. Because I just saw that that's what moms were lacking and that's what the birth community was lacking as a whole. That's what we needed. And so if you have joined our childbirth educator training program, um, or if you've heard about it at all, you know that not only does it come with an entire section on the physiological birth process, and so everything from pelvic dynamics to anatomy to hormones to you know stages of labor, I teach it in a very physiological way though. So a lot of times uh, I'm like, you know, calling bullshit on a lot of the mainstream things, but not only are you getting an in-depth education in physiological birth and you're getting all my business tips, of course, cause I'm a big fat business nerd, but you're getting access to our entire curriculum. And that curriculum that I created is rooted in, let me give you a chance to guess <laughs> it's rooted in mindset and autonomy. And that's the curriculum that I gave my students when I had all of my childbirth education courses and postpartum courses. I used to have eight of them. But essentially what I did is I realized that I can't be the only one teaching this stuff and I need to help empower doulas and give doulas the the content so they can actually go teach this stuff also. So in the curriculum that you get in the CBE program and you get full, full rights to it, essentially, you get one license to use it. You can edit it. You can change it. You can add to it. You can put your brand logo on it, your colors on it. You could like pretend like it's yours. You don't have to call yourself 
myself a birthworker.com childbirth educator. You can create whatever you want from the resources we're giving you. And it's slides, Canva, editable Canva slides, editable PDFs for your students and clients, and then video scripts. So you can read word for word from our scripts. But again, it's all based in that autonomy and mindset. And so instead of teaching our clients, you know, these are the positions that are best for each stage of labor, I want my students to think to themselves, do we really need to be teaching our clients that? Or is that something that we should know as educators and that we should know as doulas? And of course we should, like we should understand how birth works. Like what are the cardinal movements? How does a baby actually move through the pelvis? How does the pelvis move? Like we really should know that, but teaching that to our clients is not going to help them have a great birth experience, right? Teaching that to our clients is not going to help them feel less pressured when they're 39 weeks and their doctor says, let's schedule your induction for tomorrow because you're 39 weeks, yay. Or when they're giving birth and their their doctor says, you know, there's a little bit weird fetal heart tones, let's do a cesarean right now. Our clients, if we've only taught them things like um, what to pack in your birth bag and when to call your midwife and these are the positions for labor, like that's not empowering our clients to make autonomous decisions for themselves. And so when I became a doula and a childbirth educator, I knew that I was not going to be a status quo childbirth educator or doula. And I knew that I was not going to spend all this time teaching them stuff that they didn't need to know. And instead, I would teach them things like um, being able to say no, uh, understanding your preferences, understanding your biases, uh, and overcoming your triggers, releasing your fears, integrating your fears, being able to stand up for yourself. I don't know if I said that before, but it's important. Things like that way more important in mind, my mind than knowing how a pelvis moves. And again, that's not to say that you shouldn't, as the educator, know this kind of stuff, but it's just so important that we're teaching our clients how to develop that sense of autonomy because that's what's going to change their life. That's what's going to allow them to say, um, I'm not scheduling an induction right now. There's literally nothing wrong with me. I'm going home. I'll see you when I'm in labor, <laughs> right? Or for Sarah, who asked this question, if we help our clients develop their autonomy, that's what's going to allow them to not feel pressured when their friend says, oh my God, your baby doesn't sleep through the night yet. Or their pediatrician says, um, you know, your baby's six months and breast milk, you know, really isn't good for them anymore. And you should just like not let them have breast milk at night anymore. If we teach our clients autonomy and how to think for themselves and understand their own biases and triggers and, and take responsibility for their lives... They're, if we teach them that stuff, they're going to be able to make these decisions for themselves without feeling so pressured. And that is just the core of everything I do. <laughs> that is why I thought it was so important to make this childbirth educator training program to teach the childbirth educators or doulas who want to add this to their, their offer stack, teach them all of the amazing, um, the amazing dance of physiological birth, but also give them the tools to teach their clients things that are actually going to help their clients prepare for an amazing birth experience. And 
the way that I know that this curriculum works is not because all my clients come back to me and say, oh my God, I had a vaginal birth or I had a free birth at home and nothing went wrong or I had a home birth. It was fantastic. It was painless. It was pain-free. Oh my God. No. The reason that I know that my curriculum works is because I have clients that say, or students rather, that say, "Um, Kylie, everything that I didn't want to happen happened. My birth plan was effing derailed. It was a 48-hour labor, and I transferred, and I had an emergency cesarean, and I was under general anesthesia, and it was my worst fucking nightmare. But guess what? I'm not traumatized because every single decision was made by me, and I feel great about the decisions I made, and nobody made those, those, those decisions for me, and I felt powerful and in charge every single step of the way. That is how I know this curriculum works. And I have heard that I have heard that response from my students dozens of times. And that is how I know this curriculum works. And that is that is why I really created this childbirth educator training program, not only to help you have different offers in your business, like passive offers that can hopefully take you to $5,000 recurring months or maybe your first five-figure month. Hey, maybe you're even going to make a million dollars in your lifetime. That's what I would freaking love. Um, And not only do I want to help you do that, but I want to help you understand what's important to teach our clients and what's not important to teach our clients. And how do we help our clients have a birth experience where shit hits the fan and they say, you know what, Sarah, you know what, Denise, you know what, Ashley, that was the best experience of my life, even though nothing happened like I had hoped it would happen. That's that's how we know we're doing a good job as doulas and childbirth educators. Holy moly. Okay, that was like the biggest tangent I've ever been on in my life. <laughs> um, if you uh, are new here, I would love if you would shoot me a DM on Instagram just to say hello. I love meeting my listeners. So head over to Birthworker Podcast on Instagram. Say hello. Tell me what you think about the podcast. Let me know what your favorite episode was. Tell me what you want me to answer on next week's 3 and 15 episode where I answer questions. And then also, if you were listening to this and you were hearing about our CBE training program, our childbirth educator training program, and you would love to get access to not only the physiological birth modules, but all of my business tips for creating and releasing a a course. And when I say course, really what I mean is online offer. So in our childbirth educator training program, I help you decide what your teaching method is going to be. So do you want to pick an ebook? Do you want to do a live workshop, a pre-recorded workshop? Do you want to do a mini course? Do you want to do an in-person series? Do you want to do an online course? Do you want to do a group coaching program where it's live, where it's pre-recorded? And I help you understand based on like the pros and cons of all of those things. And I help you price your offer, name your offer, record your offer, and sell your offer. So I'm not going to tell you how to make it and then say, oh, good luck selling that on your own, (laughs) Uh, I essentially give you my entire framework to actually sell the offer. And not only do I do that, so we do child uh, physiological birth, we do all of the business stuff, but you also get full access to my curriculum. So if you're listening and you're like, "Um, yes, please, I want to create my very own 
birth course or postpartum course or group coaching program, or I want to create something pre-recorded for my doula clients so I can add $300 to my in-person packages immediately and not only make more money, but serve my clients better because I can give them a course that they can watch on their own time. So I no longer have to do those things during prenatals. If that is you, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Let me know you're interested, or you can just go straight to the website. It's birthworker.com slash CBE, and I'll go ahead and put that link in the show notes, and you can learn all about it there. You can learn about what does it even mean, Kylie, when you give us a curriculum? Like, show me what these uh, PDFs look like. Show me what these Canvas slides look like. Like, I want to know what I'm actually going to get when I invest in bettering my business with this program. It's all broken down for you at birthworker.com slash CBE. I will see you right back here next week on Wednesday. We have another amazing episode. This one you guys have been asking for for freaking ever. It's an episode on podcasting. So podcasting 101 strategies for starting and growing your own podcast. And this is a little test because I want to do a podcasting workshop. I want to do a paid workshop on podcasting and invite you guys to come learn all of my strategies, but also I want to give you all of my frameworks and all of my documents and all of my workflows and my SOPs, my operating procedures and everything, because I swear I could create a podcasting course right now and it would be like the best podcasting course to ever exist. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but just the systems that we've set up behind the scenes to run this podcast so smoothly and with no headaches where we can produce two episodes per week easily with zero stress. Um, it's mind blowing. And like everybody deserves to have these workflows and these templates to make it easier for themselves. So if you have ever thought about podcasting, if you've thought about creating a birth story podcast or just a podcast for your doula business, maybe a local podcast where you have people come on and share their stories about being a midwife or a lactation consultant in your town, whatever it is, if you're slightly interested in starting a podcast, you have to listen to next week's episode and then stay tuned because behind the scenes, we are putting together this podcasting workshop and I am super excited for you to join us and see what that's about. All right. I will catch you back here on Wednesday. Bye everyone.